It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's been a really strong offseason for the Carolina Panthers. They hired Frank Reich. He's gone out and built one of the best staffs in the NFL. The Carolina Panthers filled a couple holes throughout the roster on offense and on defense. Now there's only one more box to check, and that's finding their franchise quarterback. Do the Carolina Panthers finally have a coherent plan? I'll tell you right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me. Julian Council on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Fridays, like tomorrow, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me over on Twitter to get those weekly Friday mailbag questions into me. Now, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. We're going to continue our guest series as we lead up to the NFL draft. We are two weeks away, 14 days away from finally knowing who's going to be the number one pick in this draft. CJ Stroud out of Ohio State or Bryce Young out of Alabama. Recent odds makers, including our friends at FanDuel, now have Bryce Young as the favorite. He's the co-favorite over at FanDuel, but other sportsbooks have him as the sole favorite to go number one overall. And we will see in 14 days' time if that is indeed the case when the NFL draft goes on in Kansas City, Missouri. But on today's show, we're going to be joined by Steven Ruiz from TheRinger.com. It's been a while since we had Steven on the show. I think it was back in August, shortly after Baker Mayfield was brought to Carolina. I talked to Steven and asked him, hey, do you think it's going to work? And he said emphatically, no, it's not going to work. He does not fit Ben McAdoo's scheme. And many of you were uh, very upset about Steven Ruiz's rhetoric. And you're saying, man, this guy is a Debbie Downer. He's really killing the vibe going into the season. Well, turned out he was pretty right, and y'all felt pretty much the same come October when Matt Rule was fired and Baker Mayfield went down with injury, and then when Baker came back and played poorly against the Ravens, y'all were done with him. So Steven Ruiz, he uh, kind of told us how things were going to go a year ago. Now, I'm hoping, though, with the new coaching staff, especially the hires that they've made on that staff of Frank Reich, even if he's a retread, they've made some really strong hires, and with some of the additions in the offseason now, none of them are overwhelming but the Carolina Panthers needed to go out there and assign some of these veterans to fill some of the holes on the roster. But when you look at young players like Jeremy Chin going to be in this new 3-4 scheme under Jero Vero in this new defense, you look at Brian Burns, set to make a ton of money probably in the next couple of weeks after the draft, Derek Brown, there's a solid foundation here. Now, offensively, the offensive line looks really good. Wide receiver leaves a lot to be desired. I don't love paying Miles Sanders as much as they're paying him for a running back position, but still, 
the Panthers seemed to have a coherent plan, which was lacking when Matt Rule was here in Carolina. It was just throw darts at the wall and hope that one of them stuck. And by darts, I mean quarterbacks. And Teddy didn't stick. Sam didn't stick. And Baker did not stick. And now the Carolina Panthers need to go out there and do it the conventional route by getting a quarterback in the first round. And they're going to do it by getting one number one overall after trading up with Chicago over 30 days ago. So we'll talk to Steve Ruiz about how he feels about this Carolina Panthers team and the offseason that they've been through so far, who he thinks they should take and who he thinks they're actually going to take. Thoughts on 39 and what some of the draft strategy they could have later on in the draft coming up here in two weeks' time and just his general prognosis of what the team can be heading into 2023 in an NFC South that is still wide open. So we'll take a quick pause here on the show. Then we come back. Steve Ruiz from the ringer.com right here on locked on Panthers looking for a delicious snack, but don't want all the sugar and calories and you need the best tasting protein bar ever built. You got to try this. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, I've got just a thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, y'all, they taste so amazing. You won't think that they're good for you. You got to try this. So what makes Built Bars so good, you ask? Well, for starters, they are all covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real chocolate on every single bar and puff. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while I'm maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy for you. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com, which you can still do. But now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while you can still get your specialty flavors at Built.com. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate bar, or coconut puff. And if you're close to a Sam's Club and a member, run in and grab a 13-bar box of their hit flavors, brownie batter puff, and churro puff. You can thank me later. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, back here on Locked On Panthers. As promised, Stephen Ruiz at the Stephen Ruiz over on Twitter writes about the NFL on the ringer.com and also is a Carolina Panthers fan. Stephen, how you doing, man? I'm doing I'm doing well. I'm I'm hanging in there. I had to catch up. I had to play catch up on draft season, but I feel good now. I have takes. I gotta get them off my chest. I'm happy to be here. Oh, yes. That's why you're here. You're a Panthers fan. You have plenty of thoughts on this team. The last time I had you on the show, I believe, was back in August, shortly after the Panthers traded for Baker Mayfield. And you weren't feeling it. You weren't thinking too highly of how things would go. And I had plenty of people who were offended by your rhetoric that you would dare not be out here spreading hope and sunshine to get into an NFL season. Turns out you were right. And those same people felt the exact same way you felt in August 
come October once Matt Rule was gone and Baker Mayfield was terrible. So congratulations to that. But I'm hoping that you're feeling a little bit better now that the Carolina Panthers seem to have a coherent plan and are set to draft a franchise quarterback. Fingers crossed. So how are you feeling about the state of the organization right now as we're two weeks away from the NFL draft? Yeah, I'm feeling good about it. Uh, like, this is all I asked for it was, was a direction, coherent plan. I feel like we have one. I really felt like the the unfinished practice facility in South Carolina served as a great metaphor for the organization and where it was at that time. But the direction they're headed in, hiring Reich, the coaching staff he's put together, now move, making a move for this number one pick. So we're guaranteed to have something to tune in for, right? Like, we, as Panthers yeah. fans, it's – I mean, they haven't given us reason to tune in every week since really Cam was there. And I remember back in 2011, they were sort of in a similar spot. And Cam just rejuvenated the fan base, the team as a whole. Because that, that 2010 team, was, that was brutal. That year was was dark. I don't even really want to talk about it. But, like, even I was losing interest as a fan. And I just remember Cam from that first game in Arizona that first touchdown pass to C. Smith, I was like, all right, I'm not going to miss another drive of this. And I feel like no matter who the quarterback is, we're going to get that. Yeah. And people, I give Panther fans credit, but also I'm terrified of some of them that they've talked themselves into Kyle Allen being the franchise that was misguided. They've talked themselves into Will Greer being the guy who's going to replace Cam. <laughs> Obviously that was misguided. I don't think anyone ever really bought into the Taylor Heineke hype, but they talked themselves into Sam Baker, Matt Corral, but now there actually is someone, whoever they take, that you can truly believe in who's going to get an actual shot and opportunity to be the franchise quarterback. Let's just go back to the beginning of the offseason, though. They hire Frank Reich. I think they've done a great job building this coaching staff, not hiring a bunch of people that are yes men, the right, but right going out there and hiring the best staff possible, which is what David Seffer, the Panthers owner, wanted. How did you feel about the Frank Reich hiring and the subsequent staff hirings that have followed since then? Yeah, I've always been a fan of Reich. Uh... I think he got a bad hand dealt to him in Indianapolis, and he did contribute to that by vouching for Carson Wentz. Uh, but the hires have been really encouraging outside of just the head coaching hire, like the hires he, he's made for his assistants. You see a lot of guys from a lot of different coaching trees and a lot of coaching trees that he hasn't really dabbled in during his time in Indianapolis, which shows you that he is willing to adapt. He's willing to I don't want to say learn from mistakes because I don't think he really made a lot of mistakes in Indy, but he's willing to evolve his coaching tree and it's not an echo chamber. And I think just being that open-minded is a sign of a good coach. And I think at the very least, that's what the Panthers have is a good coach and a good coaching staff and one that you can be excited about. And like, even during the height of the Ron Rivera era, I don't even it, like Rivera had his gifts as a coach. Sure. But in terms of like game management and stuff like that, and even like roster direction, I don't know if Rivera, you could even say that was a well-coached team all the time. I think with Reich, you're going to have a guy on Sundays that you can trust and then a guy that who will develop players like Rivera was able to do. Uh, yeah, I, I really think this is, this is an exciting time to be a fan. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, people have been fired up about that. Uh, been fired up about some of the, uh, the additions and free agency, and I don't think any of them have really been anything to get all that excited about. I think right. Von Bell is a solid player, obviously, for the Panthers in that secondary. Uh, adding some guys on the defensive line like Shai Tuttle, it makes sense. Bringing in Hayden Hurst, you needed to find someone who could catch the ball at the tight end position. DJ Chark, Adam Thielen, okay, you had to do something after trading away DJ Moore. I'm not overly excited about over either one of them, but I think it's better than what they had a year ago. When you think about 
last year going into the season, I mean, really mid part of the season after McCaffrey's gone, after Robbie's gone, which he didn't really do anything anyways, but you had DJ, you had Terrace Marshall, and that was about it. Now you go into next year thinking Terrace Marshall, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, a better situation, and you add in Miles Sanders out of the backfield and Hayden Hurst in the passing game. That's a better collection of pass catchers than what you had a year ago. So that's a positive, but they still are going to have to address that down the road. But moving up to number one, I was never really a fan of them doing that. I felt like if they wanted to get a quarterback, they did need to move up. I had no problem with them getting up to five, three really is probably where they need to be. I just did not see anyone in this draft at number one who was just that surefire, can't miss talent, even though I do like Bryce Young, I do like C.J. Stroud, think that they have the potential to be good quarterbacks one day. I just did not look at anybody in this draft class at quarterback as that, oh, man, you have to trade the farm to go out there and get them. How did you feel about the trade up to number one for Carolina? Uh, I, I'm with you typically, like in a vacuum. I don't think it was the smartest move, all things considered, like with this this uh, this class of quarterbacks. There's questions about all of them, uh, especially with next year's class on the horizon, like May and Caleb Williams. Like those are two guys that I think you would be wise to trade up to go and get. Yeah. Uh, but this trade didn't happen in a vacuum. And you look at you look at the ownership and their tenure and they needed a w they needed a win and i think this was an easy way to get one because you're going to like i said you're going to have a reason to tune in every week i think the fan base is going to be excited you're going to sell jerseys it's it's a reason to watch and it's a reason to come to the stadium and when they traded christian mccaffrey like how do you sell tickets and i think it just just the move they had to make and they kind of dug themselves into that hole but I mean, I, I still think there are players in this draft. There are quarterbacks. I don't think it's the one that they're planning, that it seems like they're planning on taking, but I think there is at least one quarterback in this draft that could turn out to be that type of quarterback that's worth trading up for. Yeah, and we sit here, we analyze it all. We look back at their college tape, and you can have an opinion. You can guess. A lot of times, it just feels like a crapshoot because I was told how Sam Darnold was going to be the next coming, and we saw how that did not work out. Now, you can look at a situation in New York. You can even look at the situation back in 2021 in Carolina. It was never perfect, but at some point in time, you got to show those signs, and he's just never been able to do that. And he's not the only example of a guy who people thought were going to be great that did not turn out to be great. And there's also examples of guys that people didn't believe in, like Josh Allen. There's certainly plenty of opinions on him, and he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So we'll see how it pans out. You talk about it. It looks like right now it's either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Now, the recent reporting points to Bryce Young – being the guy who do you want and who do you think they're going to take i'll start with who i think they're going to take because i think that's just like the, the more boring answer i think they're going to take young okay that's that's what all the signs are pointing to i think is that a good thing or a bad thing uh, in my opinion it's a bad thing and okay. here's why? like i i get why you would draft him and i get how you watch his tape and fall in love with it because i like i enjoy watching his tape I think he has a great game and it's fun to watch and you can see how it might translate to the NFL, but he's five foot 10 and 190 pounds. I mean, I mean, I know it sounds trivial, but it's never happened in the NFL and it's a tremendous risk after taking a risk after already taking a risk, making the trade up. And I, I really think, I know Panthers fans have, have started to talk themselves into young and the, and I, I'd probably sound like I'm hating again, like I was with Baker, but 
I watch his film and I think I, I don't see the stuff that other people see. Like, I don't see it to the level that how people describe him. Like the Steph Curry comps are just insane to me because like, what is Steph Curry known for? His three-point shooting. He's the best three-point shooter ever. What can you point to at, at Young's tape and say, that's the equivalent of Steph Curry's three-point shooting? There, there's nothing. Like, it's not feel for the game. It's not arm. It's definitely not arm talent because I think his arm is – not as good as people seem to think just because he makes some off-platform off throws. I, I really think his arm is is probably average to above average at best. Uh, you see him play. He's play small, even in college. I think he's able to work around that at Alabama, but I don't know how that's going to work when you're playing against the biggest, strongest, fastest football players in the world. Uh, that's that's my issue. Like I watched his film, and there were like three great plays in a row, three you're like, oh, oh, holy crap, this guy is really good. This guy gets it. And then that fourth play, you're like, oh, yeah, he's 5'10". Yeah. And I saw it on that play. And then you have to throw in the health concerns when you're 5'10". He he missed games last year. He missed at least one game with shoulder injury. When missed he, gets, one, he missed one game as a starter at Bama because he fell and hurt his shoulder against Arkansas. That's the only injury concern he ever had. And he came yeah. back against Tennessee and threw for, like, 500 yards and let him down the field to win the game until the kicker shanked it. Yeah, but has he been hit by Aaron Donald yet? No, <laughs> that's no, my I, question. That's really right. Yeah, and he, he doesn't have the frame where, you, like, you look at Russell Wilson, who is a similar height, and but Russell Wilson was a stocky guy. He was built differently, yes. and and Love just, I love, sorry, Young just yes. doesn't have that frame, and I think that has to be a concern. That has to be a concern. And then the other like comparison that people might make, aside from Russell Wilson, is Kyler Murray. And I don't know if you've been paying attention to Kyler Murray's season or career, but I don't know if he's finished the season yet. And yeah. that should be a concern. And Kyler Murray had one of the best arms I've ever seen from a prospect. And he was one of the fastest prospects we've ever seen. Young is not as fast as Murray. I wouldn't, he had zero rushing yards during his Heisman campaign. Zero. Uh, he's not that runner. And then he doesn't have the arm talent. I, I don't know how you overcome that in the NFL, especially when you watch his tape and a lot of the clips that people post are of him making plays out of structure. If you have to be that guy, like like Russell Wilson was, for instance, you have to be that out of structure guy. One, you better have arm talent to be able to make those throws on the run. And then two, you better be able to sustain hits because you're going to take hits. Russell Wilson had the arm talent and he had the durability. I would say our, uh, Tyler Murray had the arm talent. I Hasn't had the durability no. at all. And, he and hasn't I guess, had that. And, and what I'll say, at least for Bryce, if he comes to Carolina, he's going to have a better offensive line situation than I feel like Russell had in Seattle. Now, also, Russell's play style and doing a lot of that out, out platforms, out of structure kind of stuff probably led to him taking the amount of hits that he took in his time in Seattle. And maybe that's kind of hindered his ability this past season in Denver. You look at Kyler Murray's play style, more of a running threat more than what Bryce Young obviously has ever shown at Alabama. So maybe that, that facts into it, but you, you can't overlook the fact that, and it's a legitimate concern that he's 5'10 and he's like 190. Like I'm 6'1, 205. I'm bigger than Bryce Young. And I do not think I could play in the NFL, but I understand that like Bryce Young's a better athlete. He's stronger than me. He survived the SEC, something I would not have done. So I try to not get over too caught up in like, I'm bigger than dude. He obviously has some, he has plenty of talent, it's just, yes, yeah, so the concern about durability, even though at Alabama, that was really not an issue at all outside of him hurting himself one game and then coming back and lighting up Tennessee the next week. So we'll see. And, and I, I share in that concern. I just go back to their, their careers, and I felt like Bryce was the better player of all the guys in this draft class. Now, C.J. Stroud is also outstanding. In that game against Georgia 
in the playoff, got a lot of people fired up about, okay, maybe this is the dude. But we didn't see that all the time at Ohio State. We saw a guy sit in the pocket, picking apart Big Ten defenses, because like Ohio State does every year in the Big Ten, they out-athlete, out-talent everybody. And I, maybe that's part of the reason why Ohio State quarterbacks haven't gone on to success. I don't know. I don't look, I look at them all different guys. Don't really buy into Ohio State quarterbacks. Can't be great in the NFL. But he didn't do a lot of this, you know, out of structure kind of stuff, which right. is going to have to do in the NFL. How do you feel about C.J. Stroud as a prospect? I, Matt, it feels like to me maybe he's your guy more so than Bryce or maybe you like Anthony Richardson. I don't know. Um, no, I, I I expected to like Stroud less before I watched him just because I, I had heard other analysis and I, I yeah. heard like a Jared Goff comp. And I was like, oh, God, oh my that God, that doesn't sound like something I want. Uh, but then I watch it. And I, like, I, I just don't think he had to do that as often just because Ohio's. First of all, the first thing that that jumps out when you're watching, if you watch his games from start to finish, he never plays the fourth quarter last year. No. He never played the fourth quarter because they were up by 30 points. They rarely played close games. They were rarely in situations where the supporting cast matched the, the opponent. And then. I mean, when that's the case, you shouldn't see him running around. You shouldn't see him playing like Young was playing, where Young kind of had to overcome. I don't want to say it was a bad sporting cast because it never is at Bama, but it wasn't what we've typically seen at Bama. It, it wasn't it, John Mechie and Jameson Williams. It was not what I, he had his, his Heisman Trophy season. And it wasn't we, even we, comparable we to can say that Bama's. We can say the Bama five stars did not look like five stars last year. I know people don't want to say because, oh, it's Bama, but they weren't that great. A, a lot of talent around them. Right. So I, I just don't think it was necessary. And I think he was able to stay in the pocket and, and produce and, and, and score a lot of points. But then against Georgia, you're obviously playing against similar competition, a similar level, at least. I would argue that Georgia might be even more talented than Ohio State. And then it came out. And I think like you saw glimpses of it during the season mm -hmm. with the other games, like whenever he had to do it, he was able to do it. and It didn't look bad. I, I like if I had to pick between Stroud and Young, I would pick Stroud. And I, I really don't understand how you pick young over him because when you look at skill set obviously production i think young is the pick but if you look at skill set and like what they are right now i think mm -hmm. stroud's a better player right now i think he's got a better arm i think he's more accurate i think he's going going to be better in the pocket just because he's bigger uh I, I really i think he's more athletic and more creative i don't see the argument for picking young over stroud honestly outside of production and production as we know is something that's partially based on your supporting cast. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I seen some people also talk about just like his processing ability with Bryce young is maybe he already kind of more of a finished product. Like what can, is he going to get better than what he already is right. with CJ Stroud? Like you bring up the fact that he didn't have to do a lot of that out of structure stuff until that game against Georgia on New Year's Eve, because he was at Ohio state and he's got to do that in the NFL and with the coaching around him. And then some of the other issues he's got to, to have to go through. Maybe he has a more of a ceiling because we haven't really seen everything that we that he has to offer, at least on a consistent basis. So I, I don't know. I, I felt like the whole time they're going to take Stroud. It seemed like they're. I mean, I talked to Matt Miller of ESPN um, Monday. He was saying that his initial um, intel was that they moved up to get Stroud, and now it looks like Peter King saying that they're going to get Bryce Young, Chris Mortensen, a lot of folks. I think even our our Brewers reporting that. So we'll see. They still got 14 days time to change their mind. And I wouldn't. I'd be surprised, honestly, if they take Bryce Young. I felt like he's gonna be Stroud the whole time. I, I, I like Bryce. I would would love to have him. I, I share in the concerns that people have. I don't know. I'm just blinded by just like, man, that guy was just so awesome. Like, I'd love to have him here. But Stroud, same case. I have. I honestly was at the beginning of this being like, I'll take any of the four. Stroud, 
Yeah. Wow. I was Richards, just like bring, bring, give me somebody because the, they brought these coaches in to coach up a quarterback. And if they fail at that, the quarterback's gone, they're gone. So bring in somebody for us to watch the next four years and fingers crossed it works out. That's kind of how I went into this whole thing. Cause I'm, I'm done trying to predict who's going to be good. Who's not going to be good in the NFL as far as quarterbacks go. It's impossible. But to answer your, your question that we started with, I would pick Anthony Richardson. And ah. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills <laughs> where that's not even a conversation going on. It doesn't seem like it's a conversation. I think he's the best player right now. I When I watched them play against Georgia, I don't know what the stats, I don't even know what the box score says. I didn't check the box score. I don't even know what the final score was, but on tape, he was the best player on the field against Georgia. And I think Anthony like Richardson. You, yes. When, and when oh. you watch him play last falls game, I'm sure surely not the one in 2021. No, yeah, last fall when they played Georgia. I, I don't even – I can't even tell you, but from a decision-making standpoint, from playmaking standpoint, he was the best player on the field. I don't know what the results were, I, and maybe I should know that, but he he's the closest thing that, to an elite prospect to me. When you break down the best tools that any of the prospects have in this, I think Anthony Richardson might have the top three. Like, I think his arm is better – is the best tool. I think yeah. his athleticism is second, and I think his sack avoidance is better than anything you can, any of these other prospects can, can put forward. Like even young, who is supposedly this, like, Oh, he's like a great point guard who, who knows his way around the pocket and avoids stuff like that. Anthony Richardson had the best of these prospects, the best pressure to sack ratio. He was pressured a bunch. He had the highest time to throw yet. He was only sacked on three to three and a half percent of his dropbacks. And that's because he is very, very good at eluding pressure in and outside of the pocket. Okay. which I think is one of the most important traits in the NFL. I'm not saying, like, I, I would not comp him to Patrick Mahomes, but there are plays that, like, and that comp, that comp gets thrown around way too much. Like, people were com comparing Zach people Wilson. Are, people are saying that? Oh, are you saying in general, Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, in general. Like, okay. people were saying, like, oh, look, Zach Wilson has a lot of Mahomes. No, he never did at BYU. I don't know what people were seeing. But I can show you a handful of clips of him of Anthony Richardson making a play that looks exactly like a Patrick Mahomes play. I don't think he has the rest of his game, which Mahomes doesn't get enough credit for yeah. to him yet, but I don't think he's a project. I think he can play right away. I don't think Florida even tapped into his potential as a runner. They didn't really use him a lot. I think his stats are the result of one, a mediocre receiving core, a bad offensive line in a system. I don't think it was a bad system. I just think it was a, a system that raised his, his degree of difficulty just based on personnel constraints that that coaching staff had, I think it, it kind of, it was their best possible offense, but it did limit his like completion percentage. He didn't have the layups. He was throwing downfield. Yeah. I saw a stat where he was like throwing like 26% of his targets are to, to open receivers. Stats like that. I feel like we have to take with a gigantic grain of salt because we don't know what happened up until that throw. Like, mm -hmm. yes, the receiver was open, but was Anthony Richard, Richardson outside of the pocket running for his life and trying to avoid a pass pressure when he threw it. I don't think it really gives you the proper context. When I watched Anthony Richardson, I saw inconsistent accuracy. I didn't see bad accuracy. Okay. I didn't see, it, I like I don't see all the criticism that people have for him. And that's stuff that can be fixed. We've already seen like now Josh Allen is pretty much an outlier 
and a guy who went from wildly inaccurate. Now, I didn't sit there and watch every Wyoming game, and I'm sure there's plenty of factors that led to that, like you talk about with Anthony Richardson. But we haven't seen a guy go from just, oh, man, not accurate to, okay, like this is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And I've seen a lot of people with that same sentiment, or at least read it recently, where people don't feel like Richardson is as much of a project as many people have said, where the general thought was heading into the draft season that this is a guy that's to sit out for a year before you can even play him. And I do agree, like at Florida, not great supporting cast around him at all. It's not like Billy Napier. And it's, it's a rebuild down there in Gainesville for folks who aren't paying attention to college football. Right, yeah. like, there's a reason why they got rid of Dan Mullen. There's a reason why Billy Napier is there. First year coach. The team's not any good. Like there's a lot of issues. They didn't run him because they had no quarterback behind him. So they couldn't afford to get him hurt because they're still trying to win games in this Florida. And it's the SEC. And you can't go like one in 11 in your in year one or you'll right. get your ass fired. So there's plenty of factors. But yeah, I, I I thought too, if you're going to move up to number one, while I'm not really a huge fan of anyone to the point where it's like, yes, move up to number one, you have to get that guy. Like I will be next year of Drake May, like I would be next year of Caleb Williams. If you're going to do it, wouldn't Richardson be the prospect you'd want to get because of the arm strength, because of the physical tools and the fact that you can coach him up and that maybe he has the highest ceiling of all these players. Like that would have made the most sense to me if they decided to do that, which it looks like they're not going to do, of course. I, I, I do think like processing is kind of overvalued in draft evaluation. Cause I, I do, I think like processing in the pros are in, at the college level is nothing like how you process in the pros. And I think, that some quarterbacks aren't being asked to play like that. And yeah. the fact that they haven't done it doesn't mean they can't do it. And that's something that that just gets better over time. Like you need the reps. If you get good coaching, then you're going to improve in that area. And if that's like the selling point for, for Young and you can't really sell him like his potential because he doesn't have the best arm, he doesn't have the best athleticism, he's not huge. Like that would, that, that would be my thinking. Like if you have faith in this coaching staff, coach up the best prospect or the, the, the guy with the most traits, the guy with the most tools. I think. I mean, that's what they do in the NBA. Like look at the NBA. They're obviously much younger players, but they go out there and they, they get the athlete and they, they turn him into a player. Like that could be the same thinking. I think the teams that draft, like that want to draft young are scared to compete, like coach up a guy. Why are you drafting a finished product, a finished product draft the guy that you can coach up into like a superstar. If you are a good coaching staff, you can get a lot out of Anthony Richardson. He's one of the best athletes we've ever seen at the position. He has one of the strongest arms we've ever seen. He, I think he's better in the pocket than people give him credit for. I think he's kind of, I think he's a smarter quarterback than people give him credit for. He could be coached into something good. If he gets a good coaching staff, I I don't know. I I think if you're not drafting him, you're, you're kind of scared to coach a, a, a more of a project type player. Yeah. And this is the place to, bring him in too. Cause I like the coaching staff. I think everything they have around whoever is a quarterback is exactly the kind of situation Richardson needs to go into. So you look at the other teams top the, the draft board. Uh, I mean, Indianapolis is just a mess just <laughs> organizationally because of the ownership there. Now the ownership here is not great, but he's been better as of late. So we'll see how that works out. Soccer team's not doing too hot though. Um, Houston. Yeah, that's a bad sign. <laughs> yeah. Houston also there's issues there. So for Anthony, if he's going to have success, man, it feels, and I know it's crazy to say, just seeing how the Panthers have gone since David Tepper has been the owner. Like Carolina feels like the best position for him to go. If he, if he's going to get drafted here, obviously in the top five. I honestly think Carolina is like the best fit for all of these players. Like yes. having an offensive line that you don't have to build up too much, an offensive line that is 
has potential to be a top 10 offensive line would help all of these guys. Like it would help any young quarterback, but I think, I think who it would help the most is, is young. I think young is going to need good protection. You mentioned Russell, uh, Russell Wilson. He didn't get great protection, but he was always able to get around it. I don't think young's going to be able to do it at the same level he did at Bama. So I, I, I think that young, if they draft him, I don't, I'm not going to hate the pick. I'm not going to be like, Oh my, I don't want to be a Panthers fan anymore. I know it sounds like I'm like hating on him, but I think he's a good prospect. I would still take him in the top 10. I just wouldn't take him number one overall. Yeah. And in this, with this supporting cast, this support system, I think it he'll get to a second contract. I do think that. Okay. If he doesn't get hurt. Yeah. Well, there that's, and that you can say that about anybody, but yeah, but especially him with the, the size. Yeah. It, and that's, that's kind of what we're looking for here. Is he got to get to a second contract? Is I, I would say you probably quantify that as success for a first round quarterback that you take. And there's plenty of debate now. There will be whenever this quarterback gets that second contract. Of, are they worth $40, 50000000 million by time we get there four or five years from now, which is just insane. Like it's probably really more three years from now uh, based on how they play. So we'll see. Like I, I like Young. I'd be fine with that. Stroud. Be excited about him as well. Anthony Richardson uh, would be a little nervous, but also like, man, this could be really awesome. Will Levis? Okay, fine. Let's see. What yeah, Levis is the only one where I would, I would question my fandom. Yeah. Now, I read, even Levis, just Levis at one is a little too rich for me, but even him I could talk myself into as a prospect. Like, I think these, these this is a good class, and it's like – it's not the class with the blue chip prospect at the top, but you have a lot of chances to get the guy just because there's four options. And, and I think all four of them could end up being pro bowlers one day or they could end up being bust, but, you know, that's the draft. And, and because of the situation, like you mentioned, that they have here in Carolina is being the best of all those teams that are looking for a quarterback in the top 10. Like I part of me thinks that that's why one of these guys will have success, at least get to that second contract. Like you mentioned, whether it's younger Stroud or Levis or Richardson, but more likely younger Stroud. Uh, last thing for you, we're looking at 39. What should they do there, man? Do they get an edge? Do they get a wide receiver? Do they get a corner? Because those are positions where I'm looking at. There's no one at wide receiver right now. Who I who we know for sure will be here in three right. years time. We there's at corner. This feels like the last year for Dante, especially coming out the Achilles injury. He has not been healthy the last three seasons. J.C. Horn, love him. Not trying to call him injury prone, but he has not been healthy either in his first two seasons in Carolina. C.J. Henderson, Keith Taylor, they ain't it. They need some depth there. They have not addressed that position at all during free agency. Edge rusher, you need somebody opposite of Brian Burns like Luvu Haynes. They did a good job, the two of them, last season, but no one else at really kind of strikes fear other than Brian Burns. And you got to give him some sort of help moving forward. Like, what do you what do you think they should do there at 39 in the second round? The, the top of my list of needs is is probably cornerback, receiver, and then another edge. Like those are the three. And I think it's just a best player available at that point. Um I think it, that would be like that's the perfect range to get one of these receivers. It's a class with with no like clear wide receiver one or no yeah. or no guy that like projects as a superstar talent at the next level, like a Jamar sure. Chase, for instance. So I think you could probably get a good prospect to fall to you on day two. Uh, I, I like the, I like the spot they're in. I, I think the state of the roster is like, there are obvi obviously places that need to be addressed, but I think for where they are at and where they're at with this new coaching staff, I think they're in a good spot. So like, Either way they go, I think I don't. I, I really don't think there's a wrong answer when you're in this yeah. situation. I think every yeah, well, position could be improved, and like every position, 
I don't. I think you can improve the depth depth at every position also. Yeah, and the way that they wanted to give up free agency, which is always, you know, I guess every team's goal is to be able to go best player available once you get to that spot. And I think outside of not addressing corner, now there's, there's some veteran edge rushers out there uh, still available, like like a Leonard Floyd. I think that could make sense in this defense, especially having yeah. spent time in L.A. with Jero Vero. Like, there's guys they could sign eventually. Like, they decided not to do that last year. I don't think that would be wise to go two years in a row without trying to at least address that with maybe a veteran if you can get him for the right price. So, yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. But corner, that's that's probably a concern. But wide receiver, I just want to give somebody that, for this quarterback to throw to for more than, like, the next year or two. Because Thielen, yeah. I think he's got something left for at least a season. But after that, we'll see. We might not have – and DJ Chark's a good player, but – there's a reason why they're he's only number three or four. Yeah, it's a core of, of role players. They need yeah. a star. I, like, yes. even DJ Moore, like, I hated to see DJ Moore go. Like, I went to Maryland, so I have that connection. And then right. he's been a, a good player, one of the, the few, like, hits at first-round pick in the last decade or so. Uh, but he he wasn't, like, that top-tier number one receiver. So I, I, was, I was like, okay, this makes sense. Like, eventually you're going to have to replace him. And – they just accelerated that uh, that process, but yeah, I, like Adam Thielen, I think if you're banking on him playing a lot and like being productive, you haven't watched him play in Minnesota for the last two years. Uh, I don't know. I think I agree with you. I think they need a receiver. Yeah, it would be nice to see, but we'll see how it works out. But we're feeling good though. Things are better. Rules gone. There's a plan. Yes, Tepper is here still lurking, and I'm afraid that he might pull a Snyder and take over the draft board, especially at number one. But I feel good. Two weeks going into it. I think we'll be fine. There's actually things to be excited about with the Carolina Panthers. And the division sucks still. So who knows? Maybe they find a way to be division champs after it's all said and done here in 2023. But, Steven, appreciate your time as always, man. Follow me on Twitter at the Steven Ruiz. He also hosts the, what, the Ringer NFL show, right? Uh, yep. Podcast. So you guys know where to find your podcast and all that kind of stuff. So check them out. Steven, appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me. All right, take a quick boss, come up back here and wrap up the show here on Locked On Panthers. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. So that was way more positive than last time, right? Right? Okay. He has some concerns about Bryce Young, but so do y'all. He has a little bit of concerns about CJ Stroud, but less. So do y'all. Anthony Richardson, he's intrigued by him and doesn't think he's that big of a project. Now, I think that's probably more of a mixed bag um, with the listeners and the Panther fan base. But come on. That's way more positive than what he told us back in August about Baker Mayfield, which he wasn't wrong there. So maybe the man's right again. So I don't know. We'll see how it works out. Got 14 days 
until the start of the 2023 NFL draft. And I'm ready. I'm just ready to know who it is. And I might have just talked myself into Anthony Richardson after having that conversation. I have been the guy who's been saying Bryce Young's the best quarterback in this class. Maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. I don't know. We'll find out down the road. I would love to have Bryce Young. I would love to have CJ Stroud. I'm starting to get to the point where like, I might love to have Anthony Richardson. So I might have just talked myself into that. Because the more you think about it, the more you look at this guy. And that's part of the draft process. You sit here. You break down these prospects, you talk to enough people, and you can change your mind, which is what's been going on with the Carolina Panthers, who reportedly initially moved up to get C.J. Stroud. Now, over the last week or so, they've been thinking Bryce Young. Possibly that changes. You would think that probably by, like, next Monday heading into the draft, not this upcoming Monday, Monday after that, that they would probably already know who they want, that they're going to have it set in stone. Who knows? Maybe it's draft night where they decide that. Actually, this is who we want. David Tepper is like, no, 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 no. That's my guy. We didn't trade it to number one for you to take this quarterback. I want him. Bring him here to me right now. Oh, boy. Only time will tell. All right. Um, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Pages podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where tomorrow I'll be back once again answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions. Either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council to get those questions into me right now. So get them in right now. Give me your questions. Good questions. Best ones will be answered right here on the show. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding and I'll talk to you on Friday. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.